0: What up, what up, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Dom Lewis, Philly Sports, Four Podcast, coming to you live on two days after the Eagles game. Um, I started this podcast out with um, an intro song, Bad, by Michael Jackson, because that's really the only way I can describe the Eagles and how they played on Sunday. Um, First of all, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can follow us on Twitter at 444 Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We're powered by Anchor. You can listen on the Anchor app as well. Really do appreciate everyone who has tuned in and is listening to us. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I want to just start out by talking about we got a lot to get into today because talk about the Eagles and the Sixers and the Phillies under their season and the Flyers, but I think the big talk around town right now is just the Eagles and how bad they looked on Sunday. Um, there's so much to break down with this game. There has been so much reaction to this game, how the Eagles played, how they let the lead slip. Um, how bad the defense was How bad the secondary played uh, Overall just bad that's, that's the only way I can describe it the Eagles were just bad They were not They did not look like a championship team at all They didn't look like a um, A top tier team in the NFL They didn't look like a top tier team in the NFC None of that They just They looked bad So I plan to get into it um, How bad they looked What went wrong what my opinion was on the game, what I think needs to be fixed. Is there a reason to panic right now? Uh, and what uh, the first the first quarter breakdown of the season, um, because the Eagles are now four games into the season and they're two and two. So I want to give my breakdown, my analysis on the first quarter of the season, what I think is wrong, what I think is right, what I think we will be going forward. And um, if this team is built to repeat, So I'll talk about the Eagles today. I'll talk about the Sixers, and they've had two preseason games thus far. Uh, They look very good. Um, They look very competitive, and they look like they're going to make a a deep run into the playoffs once again. I'll be talking uh, about—I'll touch a little bit on the Phillies and where they stand. They ended their season on Sunday— Ended it um, a game under 500, so they were 80 and 82. And what to look forward with the Phillies, as well as I'll touch on the Flyers. And the Flyers open up their season on Wednesday in Las Vegas against the Las Vegas Knights. So we'll get into it. We'll talk about everything. I'll rant. I will, you know, just go in on the Eagles. What I think is wrong. What I think needs to be turned around. And I'll even try to be positive and shed some light on this team and what I think is right. So, I thank you guys for tuning in. Stay tuned. This is the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Welcome back in, everybody. This is your host, Dom Lewis, Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. Um, As I always say, you can find us on Twitter, Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on um, iTunes and Google Play and Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, you can pretty much find us, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, So let me just start out by saying, um, I'm still pissed off with the Eagles, I'm still pissed off about what happened on Sunday not because they lost. That's not why I'm mad. I'm more upset with how the Eagles lost. What they did wrong to lose that game. How they how they gave up that game. They dropped that game. And honestly, they deserved to lose that game. The way they played down the stretch, uh it's just it was poor football. Really poor football. And I I hope that they feel this loss. I mean I've been hearing reports all week that, you know, they're sick to their stomachs about this loss. I mean, Doug Peterson said it. Um, I heard Sal Powell today talking about, you know, the guy that's just lost stings, And I hope it does. I hope it stings. I, I hope it burns. I really do. Because the way that they, they lost that game was nothing of championship caliber. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. That was just a completely awful breakdown of, that's not championship football. Period. That's not what winners do in the league. Um, Now, I give credit to the Titans. I mean, they were aggressive. They played hard down the stretch, and they deserved to win that game. But on the other hand, and I think the more important issue was the Eagles didn't do what they needed to do in order to win that game. They didn't do what they needed to do in order to keep that lead, protect that lead, and win the game. They didn't. Uh, they just basically, I don't know what they did. I don't know if it was if it was just them being conserved. I don't even think it was that. I don't think it was a matter of them being conserved. I just think that they got outplayed. They got outhustled. They got outworked. And to go into overtime, run the ball as effectively as they did, kick a field goal, and then your defense allow three fourth-down conversions, including the biggest mental collapse I've ever seen, allowing a fourth and fifteen to be converted for 19 yards. It's just outright ridiculous, and it's something that this team should not accept. Um, This team is, quote-unquote, one of the top teams in the league. The defense is one of the top defenses in the league, quote-unquote. And to allow the Titans... To convert three fourth down conversions is just outright ridiculous. And the Eagles need to be ashamed. Not even just ashamed, but they need to be pissed that that happened. Because it's just, that's not championship football. I I can't say it enough. That's not what champions do. And they have to realize, like, you're the champ. Everyone is gunning for you. And you're going to get everyone's best. So the Titans gave you their absolute best. I mean, it didn't matter that they were down 17-3 in the third quarter. They came right back. They stormed right back. They converted on fourth down. They converted converted when it counted. Little screen passes, little ducky passes. I mean, Deion Lewis killed us that entire game. Corey Graham killed us. Marcus Mariota, who is not known as a a top-tier quarterback in this league, absolutely killed us. Absolutely annihilated the Eagles' defense. He shredded them. He he shredded them. Whatever he wanted to do, he did. He threw the ball. He ran the ball. It kind of was reminiscent of uh, Trace McSorley from the Penn State uh, Nittany Lions and how he played on Saturday night versus Ohio State. The The only difference was he won. He did enough for his team to actually win. And it's just so, it was appalling to see the Eagles fall apart like that. I, it was, it, it, it's sickening. It really is. It really is. Um, I do have five takeaways from the game. What I thought, um, or what I think, excuse me, are the reasons that the Eagles lost or things that I think contributed to the Eagles lost, the five biggest takeaways I have. So I do the takeaways every From every game, even if I don't record it, I'll write it down at least, and I'll post it on Twitter. So I think the first issue was, I would say, the offensive line. That was my first thing that I noticed. I mean, the amount of breakdowns the offensive line had, not picking up blitzes. And you know what's sad? The Titans run a 3-4. And they were just bringing pressure with, like, four people. They weren't running, like, a whole lot of stunts, a whole lot of blitzes. I mean, they were blitzing, but they weren't running a whole lot of stunts. And it's just, it was, it was just appalling to see, like, one of the top offensive lines in this league, talking about the Eagles, allowing their quarterback to get killed. I've never seen Lane Johnson play so bad. I've never seen Jason Peters play so bad. I've seen Kelsey have bad games, but he had a bad game too. The fact that he didn't call out these protections at the front—he is the guy on that offensive line that does that. He—it's—it's really—I it's, mean—it's everyone's fault in that offensive line, but they really let Carson get killed. He got annihilated, and it's like every—and it's the four sacks don't even. Compared to the amount of times that Carson was hit, he was hurried, he was rushed. I just think that offensive line had the worst performance I've seen in quite some time. Even worse than any game they played in 2016, Doug's first year. So, that offensive line, I think that was the top reason that we lost that game. Them not being able to protect Carson. That would be my first reason. The second reason I have for the Eagles' loss. Uh, My second takeaway is too many big plays. They gave him too many big plays, too many blown coverages. I think Marcus Mariota converted, if I want to say four plays or five plays of 20-plus yards, the the Titans, excuse me, not just Marcus, but the Titans. Four or five plays of 20-plus yards in this defense. I mean, I don't... I don't know what our 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 defensive backfield was doing. I really don't know. I mean, I get it. They play soft coverage, and I get it. You can get beat a lot. A lot of times you'll get beat in this league. This league is it's offensively driven. Um, there are a lot of great receivers in the league, and you get beat. That's just what happens. You'll get beat. But they got torched. I feel. I feel like they. Man, I. I... I'm at a loss for words because I, I can't even describe how bad I feel that they played. I feel like the only one that was playing well in that defensive backfield was Malcolm Jenkins, as he always does. But even he had his mistakes. He had a um, a defensive hole penalty in overtime that caused him to actually eventually led to the touchdown and the Titans winning the game. So he's not—he's not at you know—he's not to go without fault either. It's just absolutely atrocious the way they played, and I don't think that that's championship football, period. I don't think that that's the way that an elite team plays. I get it; it's any given Sunday in this league, but that too many big plays—you can't win games like that. You cannot win games if you're giving up too many big plays. It's just just can't do it uh and it kind of leads into my third point my third takeaway from the game which is the penalties in key situations I mean as I told you Malcolm Jenkins had a um a, a hold penalty called on him that eventually led to the touchdown but I think a couple plays before that I think before they converted that fourth and 15 it was like fourth and four fourth and five and the Eagles were going to win the game it was it was they were going to win and it was a whole penalty called, or a pass interference penalty called. Flag comes out. Titans get a fresh set of downs. I'm like, oh. and I, at that point, I had said, "I said the Eagles don't want to win this game. They don't want to win this game. All they were doing was blowing it. They were giving the Titans the game. Too many penalties. Too many penalties in keys. And this has been this has been the story of this year. Forget just this game." They've had key penalties in too many key situations where they—they're lucky that they've won those two games that they won because they could have won. They could easily be 0 and 4. They could be 1 and 3, but then they also could be 3 and 1 or 4 and 0 if they eliminate the penalties. Too many penalties in key situations. That's not what championship teams do. My fourth takeaway is I think they played a little bit conservative. I—I don't think it was. That conservative to the point where Doug plays scared or Doug called the game scared, but they did play some conservative football. Doug didn't go for it on his fourth downs like he usually does. He went the conservative route a little bit, and it, and it cost him a little bit, especially when we had opportunities to score, opportunities to get it into the end zone. I think he just, I think he just, he was conservative just a little bit. Just, I'm not going to kill him like everyone else has been killing him all week they've been saying that he's been way too conservative I don't think he was being way too conservative I think he was being conservative though I think he could have been a little bit more aggressive I think there are situations where you trust Carson you trust them especially if they're especially the offense is it, it's, it's really getting some momentum because I think there were some situations where they actually had some momentum but doug he kind of he kind of shied away so you can't do that. You cannot do that. When you're trying to win games in this league, wins don't come easily. Doug has even said it. Wins do not come easily. So you cannot You cannot be concerned. You can't be scared. Scared money don't make no money. That's really what it comes down to. So they were a little bit too conservative for me. And, and my fifth point, my fifth takeaway from the game, the Eagles just deserve to lose. I mean, I look at this game. I look at how the Titans play. I look at how the Eagles played overall. I look at the penalties. I look at the fourth down conversions. I look at blown blown plays, blown coverages, big plays. Eagles didn't have enough big plays. Titans had plenty of big plays. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, if the Titans weren't so bad at catching the football, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, people have been killing Jalen Mills all week. And people have been, they've been saying, you know, he sucks and he needs to, he can't, he can't play cornerlessly Listen, Jalen Mills is a solid corner. I've said it before. He's a solid corner. He's not a great corner. He's not a good corner. He's a solid corner. He's solid. But I can't blame him for this loss as much as I blame just the team. Just for them to be in that situation. And honestly. There was a point where I didn't even think the Eagles were even going to get to overtime. I think with, um, man, it was, it might have been the drive before their last drive in regulation. I I just wanted to go take a shower. I was done watching the game. I said, the Eagles are going to lose this one. I took a shower. I took a quick shower, though. Came back and I saw they had a good pump return and they were set up to, um, Actually get some points. So little cookie boy, he made the field goal and he got us in the overtime. But, and we did, we did well on that drive in overtime. It's just that our defense, like I said, they did not play well enough for us So when this game. They deserve to lose. That's not what championship teams do. I feel like good team, and it's not even what I feel like. I know good teams find a way to win games, even when they're toughest. Good teams find a way to win. Too many penalties, too many mistakes, too many blown coverages, too many big plays given up, being conservative, all of that put together, Eagles deserve to lose this game. That's exactly what happened. They deserve it. I hope it stings them. I hope they wake up now. I hope the team realize, hey, look, this is it. Because they, they, they've already dropped two games this season. You would, I Honestly, I thought the team going in was probably going to be 4-0. 4-0 going into the Minnesota game. 3-1. You know, 3-1 at worst, but I I, I, could, I definitely didn't see 2-2. And now they're going into this Minnesota game, Minnesota, they need to win bad. They're 1-2-1. Only when they got the season is against the, uh, I think the Buffalo, no, they lost the Buffalo Bills. San Fran, that's the only team they won against. So, I don't know. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I listen. It's a reality check. It's all it comes down to. It's a reality check. Not for the play. Not just for the players, but for the coaches, for the front office, for the entire organization. This is a reality check. Last season is over. I don't even think they necessarily have a Super Bowl hangover, but it's it's really over. It's really over. Like this is this is a rude awakening. It should be a rude awakening for this team. They need to realize, look, all right, it's time to really play now. So, overall, I feel like it's a rude awakening and I think they need to get it together. Um, Because they got a tough, they got a tough stretch coming up before they're by. They got Minnesota this week. They got a short week next week. Got to go to the Giants on Thursday night. Then they got the Panthers at home. Then they have the Jaguars in London. Then I think they're on the buy, come back, play the Cowboys. I am tough stretch coming up. And I don't it could it could go either way. It could they could be five and three, they could be six and two. They could be four and four. They could be three and five. Honestly. They have not proven anything to me where I think that they'll just outright win a game. Like nothing is guaranteed at this point. Like I knew when we were going into the Atlanta game, I knew the Eagles would win. I knew last week when we played the Colts, I knew the Eagles would win. I So oh, there's no, as a Carson's back, there's no way they're not going to lose this game. They didn't, but they had to, we had to sweat it out again. Now, I didn't in my wildest dreams think that I am, no matter how many funny films I have, I didn't think the Eagles would just outright lose the game. And although it came down to the end, and over time, this one, this one hurts. This loss hurts. It hurts more than anything because the team that we knew or that we thought we knew blew it. They blew it. So, like I said, I hope it's a reality check for this team. I hope it's a reality check for the organization, for the coaching staff, for the front office. Um, yeah. And we'll see what happens, because Minnesota's coming and Minnesota's hungry. I can tell you that. I guarantee that. I can guarantee that. I think the next segment I'm going to do, I'm going to... Let's see. Talk about the breakdown from this game. I think I'll go into a little bit... I want to talk a little bit more about what to expect this upcoming week with Eagles-Vikings. And kind of give my overall reaction with the first quarter of this season. So the first four games... How I think they've gone and what I think needs to be done to uh, move forward with this team. So I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back. This is the Philly Sports 4 for 4 podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dom Lewis back with the Philly Sports 4 for 4 podcast. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in, really do appreciate it. So I left off talking about, well just reflecting on the uh, Eagles-Titans game and my five takeaways from the game. So now I kind of want to get into um, moving ahead, going into uh, Eagles-Vikings and kind of giving my take on the first four games of the season, as I call it, the first quarter of the season. So um, eagles viking this is a rematch of the um nfc championship uh as you know we thrashed them 38 to 7 and you know there's been a lot of there was a lot leading into that game you know the uh vikings fans and the skull chants and them dressing up rocky and doing their stupid skull channel on the art museum steps in philly and just being you know fans but being obnoxious you know you know coming into philly and 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 kind of disrespecting, you know, Philly. Uh, cause they just thought they just knew that they were going to have Super Bowl in their home, uh, on their home field this year, or this past year, I should say. But um, as you know, we thrashed them thirty to seven. But I digress. Uh, going into this game, both teams need a win. Uh, to be quite honest, to be quite frank with you. Uh the Vikings only have one win on the season, one tie, and they have two losses, Eagles are two and two. Uh, and these were Two teams that were, uh, before the season started, they were looked at as going to be the juggernauts of the NFC, along with the Rams. Now, the Rams have lived up to the billing, and the Rams are currently at 4-0, but the Eagles and the Vikings have uh, not lived up to the billing. Kind of like sorting out a few kinks and uh, just kind of trying to find their way, I should say. So, both teams are in uh, need of a win. Vikings coming off a loss against the Rams. Um, which was a shootout game, but um, overall they lost the game. Um, and Jared Goff threw, for, ended up throwing for five touchdowns that game. So both teams are in need of a win. Uh, they are coming off of rest, a ten day rest, because their last game was on uh, Thursday Night Football. So uh, Eagles are going into a, a, a not a short week, but a shorter week than the Vikings. Uh, coming off of a bad loss uh, from Tennessee. Um, They're in need of a win. They're in need of a win too. I I look at it. I look at this, I'm not going to say as a must win, but they need a win. They need a win and they play well at home, but they need this win. They need this win to kind of right the ship. Um, There's been so much uh, with injuries at this first quarter of the season and a lot of mixing up and a lot of missteps and a lot of um, not executing, and just a, just a, just not Eagles football right now. Uh, it doesn't look like it's, it's it's been Eagles football in spurts, but it, we haven't had a complete game of Eagles football yet. So I really feel that the Eagles do need a win. Um, the Vikings defense isn't as feared as last year's defense. Um, they are still good, though. I don't want to get it twisted. They are still good. Um, all, their offense is good when they're clicking. Uh, they do have John um, DeFilippo as their offensive coordinator now. As you know, he was a quarterback coach last year here uh, for the Eagles. Uh, he was a part of that brain trust with Doug, Frank Reich, and, and John DeFilippo. So uh, they were the offensive juggernauts here. And together, we had one spectacular season last year. But that was last year, and this is this year. And I think both teams are really just trying to find a way. And it's going to be a dogfight on Sunday. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a rough game. Um, I look at the Vikings as a formidable opponent. I still look at them as a top team in the NFC. To be honest with you, although their record does not reflect it right now, I look at them as the top team. In, I look at them as a top team in the NFC. Um, I think we're. We're both behind the Rams right now, but I still look at us as the top three teams in the NFC, and then the Saints as well. So the Eagles and the and the Vikings—it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a and Kirk Cousins is no stranger to playing here in Philly and actually putting up numbers. I mean, you know, last year we swept the Redskins, but the year before that, the Redskins swept the Eagles. And Kirk Cousins always will put up numbers against us. And I just can I could never figure that out. Like, we always made him look like he was some type of uh elite quarterback. I just never saw him as elite, but when he played the Eagles, he always seemed like an elite quarterback. Um, and they have weapons, you know. Um They still have Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, uh Kyle Rudolph as a tight end spot. Um They got uh Cook, he's back. Um, the starting running back is back after off, off his torn ACL, and they got some weapons, man. Their offensive line is not is not shabby. It's not to be played with, and their defense is still stout to me. So, um, it's just it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be easy, uh, and it's going to. I think this game will be how we thought the NFC Championship should have been. What I mean is. We all were under the impression going into the NFC Championship that, you know, it would be a dogfight and it would be like a field goal type of game where uh, the winning team would win by a field goal. And I feel like this is what we're walking into on Sunday. I think this is, is going to be a field goal game. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, a defensive type of game. Um, I, I, I think the Eagles will edge the Vikings out. However, I just think it's going to be a tough game. I really do. I think it's going to be like a twenty-one seventeen type of game, twenty to seventeen type of game, 24-21 maybe. But I just look at this game; is it's going to be rough. It's going to be it's going to be rough, and Eagles are really going to have to prove their championship caliber. To be honest with you, they're really going to have to prove that they are the champions, and they're going to have to prove that. And and eight, not you know, I don't want to go understated, but the Vikings, they're you know I don't like to use the revenge factor, but they're looking for revenge. Just to be quite frank with you. I mean, they got belted, you know, they got embarrassed. All the hype going into that week, and I and I knew the Eagles would win that game, but all the hype going into that week, you know, they got belted. They they took a, a serious whooping, and they're looking for revenge. I I know I know Zimmer. Um, It's going to be jacked up for this week. I know the team is going to be jacked up for this week. But I I look at. I just look at. um, This game coming up. And I'm just. I'm worried. I'm worried because we haven't. We haven't shown. um, That championship caliber yet. You know that. I know we're defending champs. And I know. That. You know. It's it's, it's tough being a, a Super Bowl defending champion. But. Everyone is playing. They they get up for these games against the Eagles, and Eagles really have to start proving themselves. They really do. Um, they haven't had that that dominant championship-defining win yet. They really haven't. I mean, they're they're the complete opposite of the Los Angeles Rams right now. And I, I don't want to use the Rams as the standard, but they are sort of the NFC standard right now, where. Um, they haven't played the greatest teams at the beginning, but they have beaten up on teams they need to beat up on. And they have won games convincingly. They just have. And the Eagles haven't done that. Um, we've won on last-second field goals and last-minute stands. And there's nothing we've done yet where it's like, oh, we just knew we were going to pull away with a victory, and we just we were convinced that the Eagles were the, the, Eagles were the better team that day. You know what I mean? So... It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough game, um, but I just, I think the Eagles will edge them out. I do, but I'm 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 really concerned. I'm concerned about um, the secondary, and I think they'll play better this week. I really do, but I think that our, our front four pressure needs to get home in order for them to play better. Um, and that's one of the take. I didn't I didn't talk about that in my last segment. Is one of my key takeaways from the game, but if that was another takeaway. I would have to. If I had another token, I would use that as a takeaway. That the front four pressure, they weren't, they didn't get home. So it gave Mario the time to throw. And it's been giving these quarterbacks time to throw all season. Even Matt Ryan, he had time to throw at the the first game of the season. I mean, Eagles defense played really well that game, but we still gave up a lot of yards to uh, Julio Jones. And then the next game, we got belted by Ryan. Um, Fitzpatrick, I'm about to call him FitzMagic, but he's no longer FitzMagic. But you know the Eagles, the Eagles front four is not getting home, so so the secondary is getting exposed, and they are playing out of position, and that's a problem because we we lived off the we've lived off of the front four being the dominant four being like the anchor of this team. And they got to get home on Sunday against Kirk Cousins and that Vikings offense. They got to get home. They have to. Um, when you allow, when you get home, it allows the it, it allows the secondary to play a lot better, a lot more fast and loose. So I really do feel that um, our defense will play better. They have to play better. They don't really have a choice. They got to play better. So we will see what happens on Sunday. I'm I'm I'm. I'm I'm worried, but I'm confident. I got I got, quiet confidence right now that the Eagles will win on Sunday. Um, and I think they'll write the ship. They play better at home anyway. I mean, teams don't score against the Eagles at home. Teams don't. Teams don't. I think the average teams are averaging 12 points against the Eagles at home. So if we can hold on, if we can hold the Vikings to, to 17 points, I, I feel like the Eagles will win the game. Um, that should be the rule with this with this defense overall, but um, I really do feel that we can hold them to 17 and and squeak out a victory there. Um, anything above that 7, if we get to 20 again, you know I get worried because our offense isn't clicking the way they they were clicking last year. And you know it's 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 not it's not necessarily coaching. It's not necessarily uh, bad play calling or anything like that. I think people are not looking at what has happened this season overall. I mean, they just expected Carson to come back and him to be, uh, you know, be end all, be all, and that be it. But people are forgetting. I mean, we've been riddled with injuries all season. These, this team hasn't even played together on a consistent basis yet. We haven't even played together. Um, and it's just, I, I think I think the chemistry just isn't there yet. You know, on offense and defense. I really think that's a I think that's an, an issue right now, um, with the offense not clicking the way we want them to click. You know, that's why we're not putting up thirty points a game. That's why we're um we're not we don't have resident efficiency like we did last year. So it it, it really is a um it's imperative that we you know that we pick up some rhythm. And you know we we kind of get some momentum going into these next four games, and it starts with um, Minnesota this this weekend, this Sunday. Um, I really do, like I said, I feel like um, I feel like it'll be a, a good game for the Eagles and um, the Vikings, but I think the Eagles will squeak out a win. And um, you know we we're, 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 you know we're also forgetting that Carson didn't play against the Vikings last year. That was Nick Foles, and you know, uh, we we do know that things are a lot different with Nick Foles in lineup versus Carson Wentz being in lineup. Um, Carson doesn't really uh, he doesn't run too much of the um, he he's not strictly limited to the RPO. Um, Carson has the full playbook at his disposal. However, uh, I am I am nervous. I'm just nervous about it because you know. The Vikings are just really good. Their, their secondary is really good. That's not a weak spot for them. You can't carve up that secondary. Not from what I've... I mean, the Rams kind of did. But the Rams also... They got some speed on that team. Some speed and just some good plays in that playbook. They really do. I mean, Sean McVay's a good play caller. Not saying Doug Peterson's not. But to Doug Peterson... I think Doug Peterson overall is the better coach. But... Um... McVay is very creative, and they have a lot of speed and weapons on that team. We don't have the same weapons. We don't have that same speed. I mean, Alshon, he can catch the ball over anybody, but we got Alshon, we got Ertz, Dallas Goddard, you know, but Sproles is not back yet. Ajayi is still hurt. Clement is hurt. We got Wendell Smallwood, but no one's scared of Wendell Smallwood. I mean, he's been running, he's been playing really well these last few weeks, but no one's scared of him teams aren't afraid of him, teams aren't game planning for him so uh, the lack of, I'm not going to say the lack of weapons, but we don't have those same weapons, you know what I mean we don't have that same firepower that the Rams have, where they can light up the scoreboard on teams, we just just don't have it so we got to play within ourselves um, but play efficient and I think that I think that Doug wants to play a more efficient game this week. And he's going to be more aggressive this week. I think he's learned from uh, his conservatism last week. But I think he'll be a little bit more aggressive this week with the play calling. Um, But making sure that um, Carson doesn't get in any trouble. And and overall, our offensive line has to play a lot better. Um, it's, It's just... It's not good that he's taking that Carson has taken so many hits um, over these past two games. I mean he's first two games back since the last year's that he tore his ACL and he's taken nine sacks. And I don't even know how many hits he's taken. I would say at least twenty. But he's getting he's getting clobbered in these games. And you know, I I don't I don't expect a repeat of uh, what I saw out of Jason Peters and and Lane Johnson uh, this last game, I expect them to be a lot better. Um, but I'm worried still. I mean, because all year that all year our offensive line has a lot of pressure and allowed sacks, whether it was Carson Wentz or Nick Foles in backfield, doesn't matter. So they have yet to play a complete game, and I'm worried about them. I'm worried about them. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is with that offensive line. I don't know if it's a communication issue, I don't know if they're not watching enough film. I don't know if they're they're lacking in their technique. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what the issue is right now. But that is a serious problem. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. It has to get fixed. Can't go anywhere with a bad offensive line. You just can't do it. I mean, it's only so much. I get it. Carson Wentz is great. He masked a lot of problems, but you can only do but so much before you just you keep getting banged up. And I'm afraid that they keep letting him get hit. He's going to get hurt again. I, he can't get hurt. We can't have that. So, I hope that they play better. I hope they do some serious soul searching this week. Um. Eagles right now are a three-point favorite, but that's really just because they're the home team. So I expect that line to fluctuate a little bit during the week. Maybe three and a half, maybe get down to two and a half, maybe a two-point uh, game, and then. But I'm not one to play the lines. I really don't. I just look. At, I look at the teams and what they've done, and um, I know that the Vikings are a good team. I do know that, despite what their record is. I know that they're pretty good. Um, and I know that they'll turn it on this season. I'm just hoping that they don't turn it on while they play the Eagles this weekend. So, we'll see what happens. I'm saying, t- like I said, I'm taking the Eagles to win that game. Um, it's going to be like a three. It's going to be a field goal game. Um, but I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that the Eagles can... Can can score can score a little bit more points. I'm hoping they can get up in the 30s this week and and limit the, and limit the Vikings to 17 points. So that's what I want. But I think, like I said, I think the game is going to end up being like a um, you know a 2017, 24 times 21 type of game. And Eagles are going to edge them out. But um, I can't keep worrying like this as a fan. I can't keep worrying about. Uh, oh, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next week? Like, I don't have the confidence in this team yet. They have yet to instill that confidence. So, we'll see what happens during this Vikings game. Well, And we'll be going into a short week versus the Giants. So, um, this is a true test right now. And this is time for the Eagles to show and prove. And I think um, they don't have a choice. They got to show and prove. That's pretty much all there is to it. So... Um, that's it on the Eagles, Vikings, and my outlook on that. Um, I'm gonna take a short break. I'll be right back. I'm gonna just talk about the my evaluation of the first quarter of this season and what I think we need to do going forward. So take a short break. I'll be right back. This is Dom Lewis on the Philly Sports 4 for 4 podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Um, So, let me give my evaluation on the first quarter of the season. Um, Right now, Eagles have played four games, or two and two. They've won their home games. They've lost their away games. Um, There's been a lot of influx um, on this team, uh, mainly due to injuries. Uh, We've lost... Mike Wallace, who was a off-season acquisition. Um, we just got Alshon Jeffrey back from injury. just got Carson Wentz back from injury. Um, Jay Jai, who are, who's our starting running back, he's been hurt. Um, Darren Sproles played one game, and he's been hurt. So he is not back from injury. Um, Cord Clement is hurt, he is not back from injury, he, well he just missed one game, so he just missed um, the, uh, the the Titans game, um, Jernigan is still not back, he is still hurt, Brian McLeod are starting um, safety, he is hurt, he is going for the season, so I think the main thing is, With this team, even Jason Peters, and when he played in, um, he only played eight snaps in the Tampa Bay game. Um, so I think the main thing with this team has been the health, their health. I mean, they've been hurt. This team has been hurt. This team has been injured. This team is injured. It's hurt. I mean, they're not at full strength at all. Um, I think one of the benefits of these teams that are undefeated right now, which are the Kansas City Chiefs and, and, um, Los Angeles Rams, as that is, that those teams are not, they don't have health issues. I mean, the Rams have a couple players that are hurt, but nothing significant where they couldn't um, overcome it. I mean, this team is, the Eagles are, are really, really riddled with injuries right now. Um, to the point where our, our main skill players, main key players, are, they're not even, they're not even lining up to play right now. I mean, we're not sure if Mike Wallace will come back this year at all. Um Rodney McLeod is gone for the season. Um and if he's not going for season, it's most likely the season. Um what else? Uh JJ Jai, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be dealing with that back all year. Um he has a broken bone in his back. So there is no there's no way I mean he has it has to heal on its own. He could he could sit out if he wanted to, but overall he's just gonna try to play probably play through the pain and I get it, it's a contract year for him, so he's trying to get his money. But I mean Darren Sproles, although he is um it's a it's it's he's miraculous, uh, because he's still able to do so much on the field. He has to get on the field. Um you know, five Time is undefeated. So even if you're still fast, even if you're still strong, uh your body will just start breaking down on you and his hamstrings are not healthy, so he can't play. I Corey Clement, um, he's not playing right now. I mean, we brought up the young rookie, Josh Adams, because Corey Clement didn't play. Um, it's just tough to overcome so much injury. I mean, I, I know that this team last year um, overcame all their injuries and they got to Super Bowl and they won, but we started out healthy. We started out with everybody. Um and players, we didn't have as, as much injury and as much uh, turmoil—not um, turmoil, but that's that's not what I want to say. But as much like we weren't hindered by as much injuries last season at the beginning of the season. At the beginning, everyone was healthy, so we lost players along the way. But by the time Carson Wentz got hurt, we were already clicking like we were already we were already running through the league I think at that point we had one uh, I mean we we had before we lost to Seattle we had one nine straight so we were running through the league so right now the team is just it's if i had to give one word for um if i had to give one word for this this first quarter of the season I would say unhealthy, Um, unhealthy in a lot of ways, unhealthy, um, mainly, well, unhealthy because our players aren't even healthy, but unhealthy in the sense of uh, no chemistry, unhealthy in the sense of lack of play calling at points, unhealthy in the sense of being undisciplined, um, this team isn't healthy right now, overall, and I think it's just affecting everything. You know, I, this team can't get can't get his feet on, you know, can't hit the ground running because they're not healthy. Uh, that's just that's my that's my main take as far as uh, the first quarter of this season. Now, you know, the Atlanta game, Nick Foles started, and our offense was kind of stagnant. But our defense played, like, really, really well, um, although, uh, Julio Jones had his yards, we really played well that game, so that was, that was big, but, um, allowing, like, it, it's, it wasn't enough for the second game, I mean, um, Tampa Bay had just had a lot of weapons, and they—I mean, Deshaun Jackson takes the top off the defense. And now Julio, he can catch anything, but he doesn't exactly take the top off the defense. It's not like Deshaun Jackson, where he's a speedster and he just hit that go route, deep slants, and deep, deep posts, and 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 just kill you. But um, our our defense played—I'm not gonna say they played scared, but they played really conservative. That Tampa Bay game, and then they came back strong for the Colts game, and then reverted right back for the Titans game. So, along with being unhealthy, is inconsistency. Nothing on. No one has been consistent on this team all year. Um, well, I do not even say no one. I'm not going to say no one, but overall, the team has not been consistent. Um, We've, we've done great things on offense. We've done, you know, Zach Ertz is having a heck of a year again. Malcolm Jenkins is having a heck of a year again. But Malcolm Jenkins has also made some mistakes that have cost his team. Now, I'm not going to say he is the reason that we've lost these games, but he has made some, some mistakes too. Um, he, so it's not like, you know, he's, just, he's perfect out there. Brandon Graham, I mean, the guy was, you know, defensive captain last year. I can't find him. I can't find him. I mean, sometimes I don't even know he's out there playing. You know, and 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 that's because of his health, too. I mean, he missed a lot of camp due to that ankle, uh, recovering from ankle surgery. Alshon Jeffrey, it was his first game back this past weekend, and he made a great impact. But besides that, I mean, I can't tell you who else on the right receiving court made, made a great impact. I mean, we had to bring back Jordan Matthews. It's just um, not being healthy and just being inconsistent. And I think they, they, they kind of go hand in hand. That's the re- we're not consistent because we're not healthy. Now, like I said, the Eagles have done some great things. I mean, the defense... Overall, the defense isn't that bad. I mean, overall, the defense is a good defense. Um, there are a few things that they just need to tighten up as far as in the secondary. and That front four needs to get home. I talked about that earlier. They need to get home quicker. Uh, because not getting home is is allowing these quarterbacks to get their ball out of their hands fast. And these offense coordinators are planning that way because they know they got to get the ball out fast. Um, which is another thing that scares me about the the Eagles Vikings game coming up because D. Filippo knows about this defense, so he knows that Kirk Cousins has to get the ball out quick. But I digress. Overall, they're not getting home fast enough, and it, in the the defensive backfield is getting exposed. Our linebacking core is, is is non-existent, really. I mean, we do have Bradham, yeah, we have Jordan Hicks, but I can't. I mean, those was only two guys we got. Most of the time we're playing in a nickel or dime package. Because we can't get Nick Gary to do anything. We just don't... Not, you know, it's, it's funny because this team is really missing Michael Kendricks. Even though um, we cut him and even though he's, he's playing in Seattle now. Well, he got suspended today indefinitely, so he's not playing. But... Um, you know, he went to the Browns and all of that. The team is, is missing him. Uh, missing his speed and his coverage and missing, you know, his blitz packages. And he, they're missing him. They're missing a player like him of his caliber. Um So, being inconsistent and being unhealthy, that, that would be how I would rate the first quarter of this season. Now, I think going ahead as they continue to get healthy, they will begin to become consistent. Um, they do need to get healthy, though. But they can begin to build chemistry as they, as players begin to get healthy. Um, so I think the second and third quarters of this season are, are very important. Um, these next four games are definitely important. I mean, we got Vikings, our first divisional game, versus the Giants on a short week. And then we got... Cam Newton and the Panthers coming into Lincoln Financial Field. Then we got Jacksonville out in London. Jacksonville is the top team in the AFC. Um, they're probably right behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now. So, you know, it's, it's some tough, it's a tough games coming up. It's, it's a tough schedule coming up. And the u got to, they got to play. They got to come to play. They got to come, you know, they got to put that to the side as far as all the injuries, all the distractions, everything that is preventing this team from being great, they have to put that to the side right now. And they gotta play. They gotta just buckle down, listen to bootstraps, and play. They have to. They gotta play. It's time to show and prove. I said that in the last segment. It's time to show and prove. It really is. So um I think the Eagles need to on this next quarter of the season, I think the Eagles I think they need to go three and one. Um, I I don't think we should. I don't think it's a way that we can go into um, the bye week being at 500 or being below 500 and expect to make a run. Um, We have to kind of start now uh, with this Vikings game. So we need to beat the Vikings. I would say that we need to beat the Vikings, the Giants, and the Panthers. We got to win three straight. That's what I'd say. We got to go three and one in the next stretch. And then come out the bye and beat the Cowboys and so on and so forth. But we got to go three and one in this next stretch. We got we to gotta go into the bye at least five and three. I mean, I wish it could be six and two. But we got to go in at least five and three. In order to uh, keep pace with the at the top of the NFC and to, you know put a stranglehold on the division, because um, I, I, I the only team that I really see as a threat to the Eagles in the division are uh, the Redskins, but I, I still don't they're a threat, but they're not a threat. You know I, I don't see them winning the division over the Eagles at all, but. Uh, I'm not here to talk about that I'm just talking about the Eagles right now I just think that the Eagles have to um, get healthy in order and and, and that'll allow them to build some chemistry and and gain some consistency Um, that offense has to put up more points they gotta block for Carson and they just gotta they gotta they gotta just block period I'm not saying they gotta block for Carson they gotta protect him yes but they need to run block too the run game always, always opens up the pass game. And as long as we can run the ball consistently, we'll be able to throw. Play action RPOs, all of that stuff. So, um, I just need the offensive line to play better. I mean, it's funny because that, that unit overall, they have been fine. I mean, they've been healthy this season. I mean, Jason Peters only played snaps in the Tampa Bay game, but overall, that unit has been healthy. Overall, they they haven't missed, like, um, you know, they're not out uh, weeks at a time. They're not week to week. They're not day to day. You know that they're starting, you know, they're starting five going into each game. And I just don't understand what the issue is with them right now. I believe they'll fix it, but I don't know what it is with it right with them right now. They're better than what they're playing. They're better than that. So um my take, like I said, right now they're in the team's inconsistent and unhealthy. As they begin to get healthy, begin to get players back, um, they'll be able to develop a chemistry and develop consistency on the field. So I believe that they need to win the next three out of four going into the bye. They need to be at least five and three. And then we can talk about the second half of the season. But I expect a win on Sunday, a win at the Giants, and a win against the Panthers. They're a good... The Eagles are Eagles are a good team. They need to show and prove it. So um, I, I won't make any more excuses for them. They got to do what they got to do at this point. But I want to take another short break. Uh, I'll be back in a moment. We'll get into some Sixers talk. Uh, We'll talk about the Sixers preseason. And their season opener is less than two weeks away. So um, it's time to ramp it up for the Sixers season. It's it's like a snug up on us. (laughs) Um, But I'm excited to see the Sixers back. So this is Dom Lewis, Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. So we got done pretty much all of our Eagles talk. Let's get into some Sixers. Um, Man, it feels good to have the Sixers back. I tell you that. It, it really feels good to see them on the floor. Um, And the season is, is quickly approaching. Um, October 16th is opening night. And we play the Celtics in Boston. So should be exciting. Eagles have, I mean, Eagles, excuse me. The Sixers have, I think, 27 national games, not counting the games that will be on NBA TV this year. So I think overall, I think they'll have 39 national games this year, which is pretty, pretty big for this team. Um, It just shows you the growth and how exciting they are to the league. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see the Sixers. I mean, they've played two preseason games thus far. They played one game against um, a team from Australia. And then they played uh, against Orlando Magic on uh, Monday night. They've won both games. And they've looked good in both games, honestly. Um, Joel Embiid, is, is, he is efficient. Uh, he's averaging like 20 points uh, out of both of the games. I think the first game he had 23. And um, his game against Orlando, he had 21. Um, seven rebounds and a couple of assists but he's efficient man i mean you know of course shoots a little his little jumpers but he's been playing more on the block which i like um because you know uh, as my man (laughs) my man earn says it a lot that block should be named jojo's block and no one is allowed down there and i agree with earn um and earn will tell you i don't agree with him a lot but I agree with him when he says that. Um, that should be that should be Joe's block, and no one should be allowed down there. When he gets that, because no one can guard him in the league. Once he gets his conditioning up, which is, looks like he's getting his conditioning up now, no one should be able to guard him on that block. He should be able to do what he wants to do to any defender down there. Does not matter who it is. So, uh, I think, for one, I think... Uh, Embiid and Simmons are pissed on how uh, at how the the season ended last year, uh, ending uh, with a 4-1 loss to Boston uh, in the Eastern Conference semis. So I think they're pissed with that. I also think that um, they got a little chip on their shoulder from that. I think the team is um, although they've only played two preseason games I think they're gelling very well. I think they're coming together very well. I think they'll be uh a very good cohesive unit going into the season and they look they just look good man I mean um I talked about him B how efficient he is Ben Simmons is he's even more aggressive than he was last year um just taking it to the rack anytime he wants to now he hasn't shot any chuppers yet which is concerning to some folks not concerning to me um because the way I see it is as long as Ben can get to the rack he just go to the rack. But I really do feel that he will need to shoot jumpers uh to keep defenses honest. Cause we don't want what happened in uh Boston last year to happen again this year. So but I trust Ben Simmons. I trust him I trust him to make the the proper moves and uh, be smart with his game. I think the biggest story of uh the preseason thus far with the Sixers has been Markel Foltz. And how he's looked in these last two games. Uh uh he had fourteen points in his first game, fourteen and four. Now uh in the last game against the Magic, he had twelve and six, and he's been shooting jumpers. He's not hasn't been going and laying it up and just laying it up and that's it. And and he's been shooting jumpers. Been shooting free throws. Last game he shot He made his first three pointer. So I think Markel Foltz is definitely coming along. And I think he has a he got a little bit of a swagger this year, which I like. I, I like I'm like. i glad because, um, you know, I, he had a rough year last year, you know, being hurt. You know, all these people saying that he got the yips and all that other stuff. He had a rough year last year. And I am glad to see him back on the court where he belongs. And it looks like he's just having fun. It looks like he's just letting his game speak. And you know, it's been so many questions about oh, how's the jumper gonna look? His jumper is fine to me. Um He's making them it's it's smoother than it was, and the shots are going in. So I have no complaints about it at all. Um, he's been making three pointers, you know, mid to long range jumpers. I'm cool with it. Um, I think people people uh some people find a reason to nitpick on everything. I, I'm just not the guy. I'm not. Uh, I think he will provide the spark on this team that, that they need, as far as uh, being in the starting lineup. JJ can then come off the bench and give us quality minutes, as opposed to being being a starter and giving us. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be the guy scoring 30 points a game. He doesn't need to be that guy. So I'm glad that Folks can actually um, contribute, and I'm glad that I think he'll be the starter. So. Um, I think him and him and Ben will play the backcourt together and it'll be Joe and then I think probably Cove and uh, I don't know. I don't know. You pick at the four. Oh, oh, Dario. So uh I like what I see out of Folks thus far, though. I will say that I like what I see out of him thus far. I'm not asking him to be a twenty-point scorer, a twenty ten guy. I'm not asking him to be that. I'm asking him to give us quality minutes, shoot the jumper when he can shoot it keep defenses honest, be aggressive. Um, I think he brings a different dynamic uh, to the team as far as um, in the line, the starting lineup because uh, he can do a lot of things that J.J. can't. And J.J. is good. I This is no slight to J.J. J.J. is good. Uh, him, the way he comes on screens and chooses threes, and J.J. is really good. But J.J. is also older, and I think we need to conserve him as much as possible. It needs to be a collaborative team effort together. I think but I think folks need to take a bulk of those minutes. And then JJ needs to give us quality minutes off the bench. Um Yeah, and I think I think we'll be fine from there. I really do. So, I'm excited to see how the Sixers perform for the rest of the preseason and how they perform opening night in Boston. Um Don't be surprised the Sixers win that game. Don't be surprised. I mean, I know that you know, Boston's playing at home, and it's opening night, and they're expecting to probably win that game. Don't be surprised, though. Don't be surprised. I mean, I know Boston's healthy, too. But, you know, this is two teams. They, listen, I'd say right now that these teams are meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals. I was just having it its funny, man. I, I really wish I would have got the, the recording of the conversation I was having with my brother. But me and my brother, we talked about the entire league— that's up to the entire league. Um, and I I think I think it's Celtics 1, Sixers 2 in the Eastern Conference right now. I think they'll be better than, than Toronto and Washington and Indiana and Milwaukee and whoever else at 7 and 8 spot. Miami and whoever else. But I think that the Sixers will be better than those teams. I think that the Sixers will be the number two seed when it's all said and done. As long as they remain healthy. They just got to remain healthy. That's what it comes down to. But I think there are a lot of expectations for this team this year. And I think that this team knows that. And they're willing to meet those expectations. So I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see them play. I'm excited to see what the season entails. Um, And it's a nice, uh, I said this in my last podcast episode, it's nice to have that, um, take that break from Eagles talk, because the the sports conversation in this town is dominated by Eagles talk, it's nice to take a break a little bit from Eagles and talk Sixers, especially because the Sixers are on more frequently than the Eagles, so, um, and they're just a young, exciting team. Um, so I'm excited to have Sixers basketball back. I really am, man. I, I'm excited for the season to come up. I just feel like it just it, it came so fast. It's like, you know, we were I feel like we just getting into, the, you know, NFL season and NBA is right here. So um Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Sixers and um really feeling good about Um uh, the season upcoming. Um, I don't have a prediction on wins-losses yet. I don't think I want to do that yet. I might do a little short episode of the podcast just to um, devote it strictly to Sixers talk. And my look on the entire season, I don't have a win-loss yet. But I do think the Sixers will get over 50 wins. I mean, in order to be the second seed, they got to get over 50 wins. So I think they will get over 50 wins. Um, and it won't be like last year where they have to win 16 straight at the end of the year it'll be like they're in the middle of the season and they're winning all these games straight. They'll be consistently good this year. I really do feel that. So um, I'm excited about the season. I really am. I'm excited to see what we have to offer. Um, I'm excited to take on this league, man, by storm. Just watching them in their last two preseason games, they're efficient. They are an efficient team. They're athletic. They can shoot. I'm like I saw the kid of uh, the, the draft pick Landry Shaman make a couple of shots I mean this team can this team can play they got some they got some people that can shoot on this team Cork Moss was putting up a couple threes in the last game he had like 19 points last game This team is good This team is gonna be alright and my I can hear my brother now laughing at me because you know me saying Oh this team is good it's gonna be it. but they're really gonna be good though you know, I, don't, I know my brother will be making fun of me because I'm saying it the way I'm saying it. But I really do think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be fine. Over 50 games, I would say, if I'm going to give a estimate right now, I would say 55, 57, 58 games, maybe. So, should be enough. Second seed. Boston probably won about 62 games, something like that. So, Sixers. Celtics, October sixteenth, eight p.m. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped up for the uh, Sixers. I'm ready to see how what the season holds for us. Um, I'll be watching the rest of preseason that, that they play. They play in China on Friday, Friday morning, if I'm not mistaken, um, seven thirty in the morning, um, Eastern time. So, Sixers play the Mavericks. But, uh, yeah, I think the Sixers will be good. I think that... And I think, besides me saying that the Sixers are going to be good, they got a chip on their shoulder, I think, a little bit. I think that bad taste in the mouth of how season ended last year, I think there's something to be said about that. I think there is a little bit of a hunger there. Last year, nobody expected them to be that good. You know, we expected them... At one point, we thought that you know they would be like the six, seven, or eight seed. You know they surprised a lot of us when they became the three seed, uh, and then the way they ran through Miami was pretty good. So, um, but I think this year they'll be consistently good. Different, and they got a chip on their shoulder. So I like I like our chances. I like our chance. I'm ready for Sixers basketball. I hope you guys are too. Um, and I, I I figure out how frequent I want to do shows or how frequent I want to do podcast episodes based off of the Sixers' frequency of play Uh, because they play a couple times a week. So it's a little bit different than, you know, doing a podcast per month or two per month, you know, with the Eagles dominating the talk, you know, with the Sixers and the Flyers coming up too. Um, It's it's, it's a little bit different. So I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a schedule from there. But I'm hoping that I can get more episodes out, crank more out um and i hope that we can you know create a dialogue you know not just me just talking but i hope that um you guys can 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 tweet me and and um you know email me things that you want to hear on the pod and you know things we need to talk about as far as the sixers and the, as far as the eagles don't be afraid to contact me I, like I always say you guys can tweet me you guys can email me i'm glad to listen i'm glad to hear what you guys have to say and I'll respond back. I really will. So, um, but that's just a sidebar. Like I said I'm ready for the Sixers. I'm excited for them, and um, the season is going to be a great season. We're going to see uh, what until. I mean, I know we got a new GM. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff out there as far as like Jimmy Butler and a lot of talk out there about a couple different players. But I- I'm excited to see what the Sixers have in, up their sleeve this year. Um, and I think that, you know, things remain to be seen with the, the power structure with uh, Brett Brown and Elton Brand, but I really do think that it could really work. I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily afraid or fearful because of Brett Brown. Uh, unlike my man Ernie is my man Ernie, he just thinks that Brett Brown is the, uh, He's the issue But I don't think that I think that Brett Brown is, is well respected around the league I think that Brett Brown um, Has worked tirelessly to, to Make this team better And I think that A lot of this is going to fall on him But I think, he, I think he's ready for it I really do I think that he's ready for it I, I think that he went through a learning process as well last year Losing that series in Boston The way they did I think he got a chip on his shoulder too. So I think he's ready. I think we're I think the Sixers are just ready. I'm excited to see this team play. I can't say it enough. I'm sorry if I'm being so repetitive. But I'm just I'm just getting out my thoughts here. I'm just, you know, cranking out. It's not much that I can give you stat-wise because they have only played two preseason games. No one cares about stats in the preseason. Um I basically said everything I needed to say about, you know, the stats. But Sixers open up October 16th. I'm predicting 55, 57 wins, somewhere around there, 58. Um, Joel Embiid, he'll be in the running again for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, And I'm predicting this team goes to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I'm predicting. So, um, that will do it for the Sixers Talk for this episode. Um, I'm going to take another short break. I'll be back in a moment. Uh, I'll just, you know, touch a little bit on the Phillies as well as uh, the Flyers. Uh, just talk a little bit about them. The Flyers open up their season. Actually, uh, it's now Wednesday, uh, October 3rd, so they open up their season today. So, I'll talk a little bit about the Flyers, a little bit about the Phillies, and I'll wrap up the podcast this is Dom Lewis, Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Hey, listen, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at 444podcast that's F-O-U-R F-O-R four podcasts. That's the number 4 podcast all one word you can always email us as well at 444podcast uh, four four at gmail.com spelled the same way um yeah don't forget to um and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Spotify Google Podcast Google Play whatever it is um and any other places you get your podcast you can you can also listen on the Anchor app, which is how the podcast is actually powered, and we appreciate Anchor for all that they do and for giving us the platform to um, share this podcast with you. So thank you very much, and um, thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it so much. So let's uh, get into a little bit of Flyers talk as well as Phillies. Uh, let's start with Phillies first, though. Phillies ended their season finally. Oh, I'm just glad it's over to be honest with you uh they finished with a uh, 80 and 82 record after being 15 games above 500 on August 5th the Phillies found a way to finish the season below 500 they're the first team to ever do that so the stat Buster Olney had out I think it was last week or is it Buster Olney or Jason Stark one of them no team. After playing 113 games in a season and being 15 games above 500, had ever finished with a losing record. However, had never finished with a losing record at all. Um, the Phillies managed to be the first team to ever do that. And I'm this is a little sidebar. As I'm as I'm recording this, uh, the Colorado Rockies just um, beat the. Uh, Chicago Cubs in the uh, NL wildcard. So the Colorado Rockies are advancing to the uh, NLDS. So congratulations to them. But uh, I digress. Um, the Phillies were the first team to, to finish a season in such a way. And it was just so disappointing. Um, I really do feel that uh, going into that Atlanta series, that, that first Atlanta series, Um, before the season ended, uh, I really feel that the Phillies kind of gave up after that first game. They were playing so well in that first game and then they kind of gave up. And I think that, uh, not even, not even in after that first game, but I feel like after losing that series, they gave up and then they get, and I honestly, I think they gave up on the manager and then they gave up on Kapler. Um, because it wasn't even just the... Um, it wasn't even just bad offense. Their pitching was bad. Everything started to fall apart. Everything was bad at one point. Like, after that that Atlanta series. That four-game Atlanta. And Atlanta swept that series. And it was just... So, and, and You know what it was? By the third game in that series, Atlanta had clinched the division already. So, the Phillies knew that they were out of it. They knew it. And it's just so sad. It, it was sad to see such a collapse man it just I feel like the team had I'm not gonna say it had a lot of promise that's not what I want to say uh, because the team was always a bad defensive team this year but it's just the fact that uh they just let the wheels fall off in such a way um down the stretch it just sucks you know and I'm watching these uh these baseball playoffs right now baseball postseason and I'm just so mad because the Phillies could have been there Philly should have been there. They were better than Atlanta, I feel, but you know. It's disappointing, man. That that team just really, really disappointed me. And you know, Kapla with his analytics and his messing up the lineups every single day. I think it's just it's too much. Too much, man. That team just fell apart and they just weren't with it anymore. They quit. They quit. And it it was so crazy to see them go into that Colorado Rocky series. And I think the, the run disparage uh disparity was thirty-four to three. In that series, three game series, the Colorado Rockies scored thirty-four runs. The Philadelphia Phillies scored three runs. That was just embarrassing. That was embarrassing. And I'm just like How? how I remember being on vacation at the beginning of August when the Phillies were you know 15 games above 500 they were playing the Boston Red Sox it was on, it was an actual TV game it was on ESPN and they were hanging in there with the Boston Red Sox I, no no I'm sorry let me go back this was actually the game that they won they beat the Red Sox in that game. They split the season series with them 1-1. They actually beat the Red Sox in this game that I was watching. And I remember the guy, a commentator, I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. But he said, regardless of the, because it was like coming down a stretch and it was a tight game and the Phillies were like hanging on to like a one-run lead. He said, regardless of what happens in this game, the Phillies are for real. He said, the Phillies have proved it. He said, they proved it last week and this week because they had had played them last week and they lost 1-0. He said, I don't care. He said, they proved it. The Phillies are for real. They're a real team. And the fact that they let it fall apart like that this year, it's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing as an organization. It's embarrassing for the city. It's embarrassing. I was embarrassed. I stopped talking about them. I stopped talking because I, I I just, I refuse. The team quit on us, so I refuse to talk about them. So I'm glad the season's over. Um, for anyone who, you know, bet the, I think the overall uh, over-under for games won this season was, I think it's 78. Or 78 and a half. You know, they end up winning 80 games, so congratulations to anyone who bet the over-under. Um... But I'm glad their season is over. I'm glad. Hopefully they... What worries me, to be honest, is... um, If... This is no longer an attractive destination for Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. That's what worries me. If Gabe Kapler has ruined this team so much, or has... Turn has has made has put his stench on this team so much where free agents don't want to come here. That's what worries me. I mean, excuse me. The Phillies have enough money where they can get Machado and Harper. But if no one wants to play here, then what are we talking about? So that that makes me nervous. It really does. It makes me nervous, and um, I mean, we'll have to wait till December for the winter meetings. We'll have to we'll have to wait. But I mean, look, the Phillies need something. They need something, man. Nigga, and they got the money to spend. They can be aggressive. They need something. But I'm telling you, man, if Kapler. If Kapler is the reason that free agents don't want to come here. He got to go. I don't care about him and his analytics. If he is the reason that free agents don't want to come here. He has to go. So. That better not be the case. I'm telling you right now. It better not be the case. It better be. um, I think the Phillies can get one of these free agents, I think they should, I think they should, I really do, so, um, like I said, I'm glad the season's over, we'll see what happens as far as um, free agent signings and they back up the Brinks truck to get, you know, Bryce Harper, and that would bring such a spark to the city. People love Phillies baseball. We really, like as as Philadelphians, we really do love Phillies baseball. Even if they, you know, we we lo- like, it is America's pastime. You know, baseball is, you know, people complain about the sport being, you know, you know, being stuck in its ways. But overall, people love Phillies baseball here. So, we deserve to have good baseball, and I I really feel like. You know, I remember talking to my man Terrell Willis, who does um, we do we do a radio show on Sunday mornings on WPPM 6.5 in Philly. But um, I was high on the Phillies. Um, this was in August, I think. I was high on the Phillies, and he was like, "Nah, I'm waiting for. It. I'm waiting. I'm not high on them. I, I know that you know eventually it's gonna fall apart." And he was right. And I was, I was so mad that he was right. Uh, not mad at him, but I'm just mad at the fact that he was right. So, we're embarrassed. Embarrassed, man. Embarrassing effort by them down the stretch. But I digress. Um, I'm glad their season is over. I'm hoping I didn't get a big-time free agent. I know Clint Tech came out and said something as far as not apologizing for the way that they uh pursued this season as far as trying to get um trying to acquire talent to make a playoff run and you know not apologize and I get it. Don't apologize for it. If you thought that was best. I mean I thought that, you know, if you could have got Manny Machado, you should have got Manny Machado. If he was really if we were really going in the running to get him We should have got him. That way we wouldn't even be worried about free agency because we could've backed the Brinks truck and just kept him here. But we'll see what happens. It's no longer no use of crying over spill milk. Um I mean man, that that segment honestly I I got so mad about the Phillies, it just ran over time. So I'll come back and I'll do uh, you know, another segment on the Flyers. Um not much to really say about the Flyers, but it'll be, you know, I just want to give them their proper time on the pod. So, Dom Lewis, Philly Sports, 4 for 4 podcast. I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Philly Sports, 4 for 4 podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Um, just want to talk a little bit about the Flyers. Um, So the Flyers season opens up this Wednesday. Well, now it's today versus the um, Las Vegas Knights. Um, So the game will be on at 10 p.m. Eastern time on uh, I think NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, As far as the outlook on the season, I I don't want to be negative about the Flyers. I don't. But Honestly, you can expect much of the same. Um, expect them to... Uh, you can expect them to make the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team. Uh, I think G should have another good season. I think that... Um, Gossip Spare have a good season. And I think that... Uh, although Simmons Simmons is getting older, I think he'll have a better season this year. Because he's healthy now. So um, I think that uh, with those three, I think that the Flyers will be okay. Um, I mean, the issue with the team is not those guys. Um, Issue will always be and will continue to be until Carter Hart is ready is goaltending. Um, And until Carter Hart, until they bring him up, I don't think there's anything to really look forward to. Um uh, There's nothing really much else to say besides that. I mean, you got another season of Elliot and um hey I mean, they'll be a good they'll be a, a playoff team, but they won't be like an elite team. They won't be a Washington, they won't be a Pittsburgh. Um it won't be one of those teams. So, I think you can expect much of the same until the issue with the goaltender is fixed. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, um, it kind of sucks because um, I think people are looking for more out of this Flyers team. Uh, they don't want to, to, to be in the same. They don't want to remain stable. Stagnant, um, and I think that the true Flyers fans are holding this team accountable. I really do. I think that, um, they demand, I think that the true Flyers fans demand results right now. I really do, and I think that, uh, they deserve it. They deserve that. They deserve true results. They deserve more. Shoot, the biggest story of the Flyers this it is crazy the biggest story about the flyers over the last year is this doggone mascot what's his name gritty 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 has been making and you know it amazes me he has been making his rounds he's on the late night circuit um on broadcast television and on premium television like he he was on last week with John Oliver he went on the Tonight show with um, um man. What's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he's been everywhere. He's been to the Phillies games with the Philly Fanatic. Popping up any and everywhere. Uh he's all over the place. He was on the he did it. He even did his morning rounds. He was on the Today show, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Today show, and I think he might have hit Good Morning America, too. It's, it's just He's the biggest story about the Flyers team. I mean, you know, people, and of course, I mean, that's the effect that I think the Flyers were going for. I, you know, they say that no publicity is bad publicity. So, um, I mean, the Flyers are getting a lot of press because of it, but not because of the Flyers, because of the doggone mascot. And I'm not, I don't hate the Flyers for it. I just think that It just shows you that the team themselves, they don't move the needle. Like, no one cares about the team, and that's not right. That's not right. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, you can expect until they show you different. You can expect more of the same. I mean, I read, you know, I read through ESPN today. Just wanted to get a glimpse of what the Flyers, um, what the expectations are for this season. Um, They got the over-under price. I mean, excuse me, the over-under point total for Flyers at 97.5. How ironic, because 97.5 is uh, the Flyers radio network. But, um... I don't know, man. I mean, I heard there was a chance that Fly, that, Car- that Carhartt could come up sometime during the season. But, I mean, you'll be looking, most likely you'll be looking at Elliot and, and Noiv- Michael no- Noivy. Uh, and, and, you know, Noivy can't stay healthy, so whatever. I don't know. I, I, it's just that, you know, there's not much to say with the Flyers. There's not, there's not much to report on them because it, everyone's been talking about the dog on mascot. Um... But I'm hoping that they can be a big season for G again, and and, and um, as well as Ghost and um, and Wayne, and, and Simmer. I really do hope that uh, it can be, a, a, you know, a big season for those guys. Um, and I'm hoping they can win a playoff series. I would really like that. That would be awesome. Because um, then you go into the next season with Carter Hart coming up. So. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens with the Flyers. You can't hold your breath for that team. Um, but I tell you what, you can see Gritty everywhere. The dude got so many followers on Twitter. I, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing that this got caught fire the way it did. And, you know, that's what they were going for, the shock value. I mean, the eyes are all googly, and they popped out. And, uh, you know, he got the Philly Fanatic belly, and he's on skates, and this first game out there on the ice, he fell and busted his butt. And it was, it was just, it's just, it's just too much, man. I mean, I've never seen, um, a mascot like take, uh, catch fire like that, you know? And I've, I've watched a lot of mascots over the years, like, you know, with college mascots and, you know, mascots and for pro teams and that it's just been kind of crazy. So, you know, Hey, shout out to the, Flyers. If that's what you if that's what they want. So Um, like I said, you can expect much much of the same. Until they address the issue with the goaltending, you can expect much of the same. Um I'm I really do hope that G has a another season like he did last year. As well as um I I hope that um well ghost played a good season last year. He had a good season last year. I mean Simmer, he was you know, he wasn't healthy. So I'm i I'm hoping that Simmer can stay healthy. Um, And I know they got JVR back. So that should be a good addition for the team. Um, But I just don't know what else we can really expect right now. I think it's kind of a, you got to kind of wait this one out and see the Flyers. So like I said, today is opening night for the NHL. Flyers play at ten o'clock Eastern against the Las Vegas Knights. Catch on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, and hey, let's go Flyers! That's all I can say about that. Um, I'll be back in a moment. I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Um, just going to take a little short break, and I'll be back in a moment. Thanks. Welcome back everybody. Philly Sports 444 podcast. I'm your host Dom Lewis. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Um just want to wrap up the podcast. Just want to give a couple special shout outs to um a couple people that you know have either some projects going on or a business or an idea. Um I I believe in people supporting people. So, um I I'm a supporter. That's that's how I am. Um, I love to see people win. Um, I love to see people, you know, quote unquote, get their money, and um, I just want to see people succeed. So I just want to give a couple shout outs to my cousin, Born Cold. His uh, album came out I think last month. No other way. Uh, I listened to it. I listened to about half of it so far. Man, it's fire. Um, But it is on iTunes. Um, and it's on all outlets, so Google, iTunes, all of that. Um, my other cousin, Joey Crack, uh, the Crackademic era, era volume two, um, a lot of thought provoking type of, uh, hip hop. So I respect both, uh, both of them. Um, this is my family. So I, I, you know, of course I respect them because they're my family, but not just because of that, because you know, they're, they make some thought provoking music. So a shout out to Joey Crack as well. Um, the crack of the era volume two, um, shout out to the taste reaction podcast. I hope I said that right. Taste reaction podcast. You can uh, follow them on Facebook. Um, who else? Um, shout out to the do it for yourself movement. Greg bird. Um, I've known Greg for, man, it's been a long time. Actually, I, I would say probably 20 years almost um so uh at least 15 years so shout out to that uh shout out to the um the round table which is another podcast I'll actually be on that podcast in 2 weeks so shout out to my man uh Percy Jones um for inviting me today I will be on that podcast uh I will be plugging this podcast and actually uh, you know, promoting them on all of my outlets as well, on my Twitter account as well. Um, and if anyone ever wants a shout out um, of, of a business or an idea that they have, um, shoot me an email at 444podcasts um, at gmail.com. Uh, you can even tweet me, DM me, whatever. I'll be glad to, uh, I'm glad to support people, like I said. So, yeah. Um, I'm not afraid to shop people out. am not afraid to help people get exposure. Um, shout out to my lady B and B's Bundle Deals. She is a couponer and she does um, a lot of... Um, she helps people out as far as like getting like household products and she sells them to them uh, cheaper than you can get it at Walmart. So um, if you ever need like a, you know, you need diapers and wipes and dish detergent and soap and... Uh, body wash things of that sort toilet paper paper towels uh paper plates things of that kind of things of that nature if you ever need that kind of stuff for your house um you can follow her at bundle deals five on instagram uh you can always tweet me and I'll put you in contact with with her or any of these people that i'm I'm promoting on here um but like i said i just i just want people to to win um I want people to thrive I want people to to, you know, um, survive. I want people to, you know, realize their dreams. So if any way I can, I can ever help people, um, like get exposure or, um, just, um, if I can, if I can help bring them, you know, some light, whatever it may be, um, I'm, I'm willing to do that. So if I forgot anybody, I know I probably forgot a lot of people that are, that are doing things right now. It's not that I, I, I meant to forget you. I just I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to be quick about it. I can shout you out anytime you want. Just tweet me or uh you know send me an email and I got you. So uh also shout out to our to the radio show that I'm on on Sunday mornings. It's uh two one five sports. You can follow the uh that Twitter account. It's at two one five underscore sports. sports. sports is spelled S P O R T Z uh, on Twitter. You can follow us also on Instagram, and it's also on Facebook. I like the page on Facebook. Um, shout out to my man, Terrell Willis. Shout out to Ernest Drummond. Um, those are my partners in crime on Sunday mornings. Um, you know, we argue. You know, we argue, fuss, all of that. But, you know, we just look to deliver the real when it comes to Philly sports. Um, especially because so much craziness out here in, in the Philly sports Philly sports radio world uh we like to just keep it a hundred, and we just enjoy our platform any way we can uh and we just like to give it people the real um any if anyone like wants me to shout out their show, I know there are plenty of shows that I listen to on uh on Facebook and stuff like the edge of philly sports and um man I mean fourth and John I listen to like a lot of lot of different podcasts a lot of different shows um I still need to listen to the, um, man, there's a new one I just subscribed to this week. Um, Man, I can't think of the name of the podcast right now. But Marshall Harris, uh, it's his podcast. Um, Oh, no, no, Zero Fs Given. That's right, Zero Fs Given. So I just subscribed to that podcast this week. I'll be listening to that. Um, Always, I want to shout out my man, Clint Coley. Uh, He is one who uh, he's my best friend and he believed in me that I could even do this thing. So I appreciate all his support and everything that he's done for me as far as pushing me to to keep on doing this. Um, Anyone, like I said, all to all you who subscribe, if I don't know you by name, um, I appreciate you guys for subscribing, ever listening to my podcast Um, ever, you know, any feedback that I get from it, I appreciate you guys so much because I don't take it for granted. You know, it's something that I love and you know, if anyone can support my dream, I appreciate you for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a thousand times over. Um, I think that does it for now. Uh, this is the Philly sports four for four podcast. Remember, please subscribe on iTunes, Google play, Spotify. Um, you can listen on the Anchor app. Thank you, Anchor, for giving us a platform that we can get out our dreams and, you know, get out um, our takes on Philly sports. Um, and, and tweet me and follow us on Twitter at 444podcast, F-O-U-R, F-O-R, the number 4podcast. Email us at 444podcast at com. This is your host, Dom Lewis. I will speak to you guys soon. Peace.